Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. My name's Tim Doyle, and this is Project Sports. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Project Sports. My name's Tim Doyle. Welcome to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about the Euro 2021, and it has been about six hours since I've watched the England game, and I'm still on my high horse. I am exuberated that my team has won, and I'm looking forward to it. But today on the show, we have two special guests. That's right. This is the first time ever we have two people on the show at the same exact time, both avid soccer fans. So I thought this would be a cool idea to bring them on, talk about the games that have been the last couple days, been some exciting matchups we want to break down. We have Nick Burkhart and Caleb Maciel. How are you guys doing? Welcome to the show. What's up? Glad to be back. Yeah, third time. Third time for Caleb, first time for you, Nick, right? That's right, yeah. Super excited to be on. Thanks for having me on, Tim. Yeah, of course, no problem. Hey, so let's jump right into this. I mean, the the last day and a half has been extremely exciting. <laughs> um, we were breaking down in the group chat uh, that some of the games that we thought were the most, probably the best or the worst, uh, the France versus Switzerland game, uh, Spain versus Croatia. Today we had England and Germany, all tight ones. Um, so I guess we'll just go out of the rounds of 16 first. We'll start there because, you know, Caleb and I did a podcast last week about breaking down the group stages and everyone going into the round of 16, what we thought and the outcomes and the games that we picked. But now we have our results. So I guess the first one we can start off with is Wales versus Denmark. Um, for me, I picked Wales. Caleb picked Denmark. Caleb was correct. I was wrong. They rode the wave of having um, just that, that spirit and that title of Christian Eriksen going down. And they performed very well. Caleb, what is your thoughts on this matchup? Well, first of all, I kind of underestimated Denmark. I um, like if I was a if I was a betting man, I probably would have gone with Wales. But I, I wanted to go like I said before. I was going to go with my heart and just ride the ride the Denmark wave. But they played really well. I was like pretty impressed, and they they gave it to Wales. So good for them. I think they can honestly. I think they can buy the check and go all the way to the semis at least. I feel, I'm feeling good about Denmark. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think that the uh, I mean, we could jump right over to that game as well, because the Czech versus the Netherlands. I mean, that was a huge shocker and an upset. The Dutch are out of the competition already. And there's been two major upsets in this round. And the Czech are going to be playing against Denmark. And I think that you're right. I think that Denmark can go to the semifinals and that spirit of Christian Eriksen will live on through the tournament. And it's definitely the Cinderella story that's coming to be. We can also move to the Italy-Austria game. What a wild one that was. I mean... Italy came in a little bit struggling, and Austria played with a lot of heart. Do you have any thoughts on that game as well? Yeah, that game was crazy. It was kind of, I don't know, kind of what I expected from Italy coming into the tournament, where they kind of, I didn't think their offense was going to do enough to to make it through. And they went all the way to extra time, or to overtime, I should say, 0-0. And then that's when the fireworks started, started going off, and all the goals started coming in. Um, but yeah, I mean, we expected Italy to win, so no, no real surprise there, but they definitely... Had to work for it. I just want to add real quick, not to say, I I did say that the only chance that they had is if David Alaba played like a superhero, and he did in this matchup. But obviously, Italy still won the game, and they deserve to move forward. But it was it was a hell of a run by Austria, and they did a great job. They put on a show for us, at least at the very very least, they put on a show, and I really enjoyed it. Um, also, we can get into the Belgium versus Portugal game. 
this was a one nothing win, and we're seeing Cristiano Ronaldo leave the tournament. I think we talked a little bit about this uh, matchup to see if Cristiano had anything to lose before the game going in. If he lost, what would it mean for him? And we both kind of decided that it really means nothing um, for Cristiano, and the Belgians were just too good. But like you, we talked about in the group chat, as we're always conversating about this tournament and about sports in general, um, you, you think losing Kevin De Bruyne and the Hazard uh, is going to be really tough for Belgium moving forward if they're not healthy enough. Um, you have anything to add? Yeah, I mean, pretty much it. I think we all expected Belgium to win. They won. But I think the biggest story is definitely um, Kevin De Bruyne being hurt. Hopefully he's fine. He's not too bad. And then also Hazard pulling the hammy, it looked like. So I don't know. I I'm, ha- I'm feeling good about ben- Belgium, but at the same time, those injuries kind of are concerning for sure. Mm. Okay, so that pretty much wraps up the couple days ago. Now let's get back to the last day and a half where we've had Croatia and Spain and France and Switzerland uh, play uh, yesterday, and they put on an absolute show. Spain versus Croatia was insane. A back-and-forth game starting with a Spain-owned goal when it goes back to the keeper's foot and he lets a goal in. Oh, what was what was the excitement level in that game for you, Caleb? Oh, my gosh. When that goal went in, the I was, my jaw just dropped when the keeper missed the ball and just went in. I was kind of laughing at the same time because what an awful mistake to make. And I was kind of rooting for Croatia at the same time, so I was a little bit happy. But what a crazy game. Like yep. That was an absolute crazy game. It was. Nick, and I know you saw this game as well. What were your thoughts on it going in, seeing a 3-3 three to three score line going into overtime? What were you thinking? I mean, it, it was a crazy game. It was just so many goals. Um, and, yeah, just starting off with that, that pass back to the goalkeeper. I mean, it was a, it was, like, it was a difficult pass, but definitely uh, handleable or whatever, but you know, like the keeper should have been able to to mm-hmm. handle that, mm-hmm. and just skipped right over his foot, right into the goal, and yeah, I mean, tough yeah. tough bid there, and uh, you know the game was wild. It was wild. There was so many goals. Um, yeah, yeah, incredible I, game. I think it was an incredible game too, and obviously everyone has those moments of mental lapse and stuff like that. But that, I mean, in a huge spot in a huge game, and then to fully recover from that after that goal goes right. in to battle back, I mean, it's pretty impressive. It's a big, right. big moment in the game, and to see Spain now coming off to the last two games, they've put in ten goals uh, against uh, I forget the last team that was at the Czech Republic, no, uh, Slovakia. And Croatia, they've put in 10 goals between two games. So now going forward, Spain becomes an actual contender. So they become yeah. a scary opponent. Um, for, I mean, it shows a lot of heart from Spain. Yeah. I mean, just absolutely to be able to battle back, uh, Croatia just kept it. I mean, just incredible heart by Croatia to just continue on. But Spain just never let up, never lost heart. And, uh, yeah, I that, mean... That's a great point because at one point we were looking at Spain 3-1 and then Croatia battles back to 3-3 to send it in overtime. Right. I know right. they I know they lost, but I mean that's pretty monumental. <laughs> it's pretty good. Is and then the similar thing, well, I guess we'll move over to the France and the Switzerland game. The same thing happened here where France went up 3-1 and literally we were all thinking that's it, it's over. You know, France advances. Pogba's goal was amazing. We're like that's it. And then what happens? Two headers. They choked. They choked in <laughs> two unbelievable plays by Switzerland and 
whipping crosses in for headers, and it was it was it was nuts. I'm, I've never seen anything that close come back from that big of a team down three to one. It was unbelievable. A great great day in, in soccer for sure. And then obviously to go to Pens. What do you guys think? I'll let you guys both answer this question. What it means for Mbappe going forward? How do you feel about this with his miss? He's the only one to miss a PK, and does it put a stain on his legacy? Yeah, I guess I, I can go first. Um, I don't know if it puts a... It definitely puts a stain, but I don't really look at him that much different than I did before, I guess. I mean, he's still amazing. He's still probably, like, the top uh, coveted player in the world, I'd say. And that doesn't, I don't think that changes that at all, but people are not going to forget that moment for sure. That's going to live with him <laughs> for a very long time. But he's super young. He's what? He's like, what, 22, 23? 22, 23, yeah. So yeah. He, got, he got time to, I guess, kind of... Put that behind him and make it up, make it up in other tournaments. But that's gonna, yeah. As far as playing for France go, that's gonna haunt him for years to come for sure. Yeah. So I, I, I feel the same. So I, I just to, for for you, Nick. I mean, I felt like this right before he took the kick. I had talked to some. I talked to my friend Brandon, and I think in the group chat too, we were talking as well. I felt like Mbappe was gonna miss. Did you feel the same, Nick? Like I felt like before he even took the shot, it was just like he's gonna miss, and he did. I did. I did. I, I felt the same way, Tim. I don't know what it was, but there was just that vibe about the the game and the flow of the game and everything. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I agree with Caleb. I don't think it, it really puts a stain, per se, on his legacy. Uh, he's a very young player. He's incredible, incredibly talented. Um, just the pace, just the the just the skill that he has, I, I and, and what he's achieved thus far, I don't think that it really puts a, a stain on it. But this is the Euros, and it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, Euros and World Cup, this is where, um, you know, legacies are made and broken. And, um, and I do think that, you know, it is going to be a, a tough one for him to swallow going forward. But he has a lot of time um, to sort of uh, just just rewrite his own his own chapter so um this has been a bad chapter for him but um but yeah he has time so yeah for sure and i, I think it's a great point where you're talking about um how players can be like make or break or make their legacy and stuff like that for example even for like low level low level players like thorgan hazard and you know obviously he plays for beef b and he's moving forward but uh, for example switzerland in the last world's cup shakiri played really well and shakiri is now playing again everyone knows who shakiri is now Four or five years ago, we didn't know who Shakiri was, but now he plays yeah. for Liverpool as a sub, and he's a super sub when he comes on, and he's an excellent player. And I'm not saying Shakiri's at the top of his game or anything like that. Uh, I'm just saying that the the, the girls in the World Cup sometimes that there's a lot of people that think that club soccer is where it's at because they're winning championships for there, but really it sets apart. It's I almost think it's like it's just like the summer event that puts new players into the minds of clubs, so they can look at new players playing for their, their, their nations and really come on the scene. So it's really cool to see him moving on. Okay, so the next game we're going to get into is the one that was most recent, which is Sweden and Ukraine. I'm going to save the little golden gem for last, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But Sweden versus Ukraine. Uh, this one was crazy till the end, and Ukraine ended up getting the victory. And this, this matchup between Isaac and Shevchenko for Ukraine, I kept saying Shevchenko's name. I said to watch out for this matchup. 
Isaac disappeared a little bit in this game. He got subbed off and wasn't as much of an impact. But Shevchenko, who plays for Man City at, man, in, at midfield, played unbelievable. And that last minute whip across the middle over to for a shot on the left side. And the Ukraine win, what was it, the 120th minute? It was the second longest uh, amount of time in the Euro in, in history for a goal. I think 122 is the, the next one. It was like stoppage time, 122 in the 2008 Euro. So pretty cool, pretty cool stat there. But also for Sweden-Ukraine, I thought it was a really good matchup for two teams that people don't really know a lot about. And I, I had said before, Caleb, last week we talked about this, that this would be an exciting one and one to look forward to. And anyone got any thoughts on this? Well, I just want to go on record and say I picked Ukraine and you picked Sweden. I did. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I did. I, 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 I actually got a lot wrong this round for sure. <laughs> I, I picked uh, Wales and I, I picked Sweden. So, And then I, obviously everyone lost a bunch of the upsets. So I didn't pick too well this, this, this round. But you did pick Ukraine. And I should, I, should, I, I should have done it because I like Shashenko better and I should have went with him. I just felt like Sweden was more well-rounded. But once they went down with a red card and went a man down and then was the 98th minute of the game, eh, everything kind of started to change, you know, and it kind of developed into something else. All right, guys, are you ready for this? We're going to break down the England versus Germany game. <laughs> and for those of you that don't know, um, I've known Nick and Caleb a very long time since we were probably about 10 or 11 years old. And I am a huge supporter of England. And Nick is a big German supporter. He's German himself. He's part German. He's American first, but he has German descent and he loves Germany. And since we were just the wee little lads, and uh, this game <laughs> meant a lot to us. And we were bickering back and forth, but now the game has ended. We've both seen the game. He made some great points as he, uh, when we were talking earlier. Uh, what was your first thought of watching the game and seeing how things develop, Nick? You know, did you think you had a chance at some points in the game? Or did you feel like Germany just didn't have it in them to win this one? <laughs> of course. Of course I thought we had many chances to win this game. Um, <laughs> we, we, oh, it wasn't, man, a, it was, it wasn't was a, a slight towards you. I was just, you know, I was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this was a tough game, man. Uh, tough game to watch. Fun game to watch for sure. Um, but... Yeah, man, there were there. It, I mean, it kept us on the edge of our seats the entire time. I mean, early in the half, early in the first half, we had uh, Sterling with a long range shot, uh, Norris diving save. I mean, and then a couple minutes later, I think we had a uh, a, a decently easy header that Norris saved. So England was on the onslaught from the beginning. Mm. Um, I mean, it. Both teams were doing a great job in the midfield were providing opportunities i think for uh their forwards to to get shots on goal um early on also timo Werner, who i was very disappointed in uh in the game i was super excited to see him get the start this game uh he did practically nothing other than uh just shoot it straight into pickford's uh breadbasket um in the first half he had a nice setup, and and I thought he should have chipped it over him or done uh, something more creative with it. Um, just kind of missed opportunities here and there in the first half, and mm. um, generally a disappointing game for Germany in the first half for sure. 
Yeah, I, I, the first half was was definitely a back and forth. They both had their chances, but it definitely leaned Germany in the beginning with outside of Sterling's one shot and then towards the end of the first half when uh, Kane almost scored at the very end. But then, right. then coming out of the gate in the second half, I mean, both teams had their possessions and they played well and the, both teams had their opportunities and chances to win. And uh, I, I, I got to ask, you know, I mean, we, we got to <laughs> talk about it. And I really want your raw take on this. This is not to slight or, or make you feel, you know, bad in any way. But how did you feel about Mueller missing that shot as he, as he comes oh down the field? Gosh. How did that feel? What did you think at that moment? You think it was, <laughs> I honestly thought it was a guaranteed. So I want to know, like, once, once I saw him break away, I was like, oh, man, they just tied the game. And, and he missed. For sure. For, for sure. I mean, it was... Uh, I believe it was it was one, was it one one zero at that point mm -hmm. or was one it zero? Yeah, it was one zero at that point. Um, just a mishandled ball by England, and Havertz has a breakaway. Um, just a nice kind of leading pass to to Mueller. I see him break away, <laughs> and you know you think this is the moment. This is it. Like this is this is Thomas Mueller in his. In his prime, this is it. This, like, this is history always repeating itself. Ling England exactly. always losing. <laughs> exactly. Like, you see it coming. And you see Havertz, just that nice through ball. And Thomas Muller just, just shoots it wide left of the post. And I'm just like, what are you doing? I, I mean, just, I don't know, man. I, I, was, I was dumbfounded. I was like, easy goal. Um, Pickford is is charging Mueller, um, which he should do. But uh, man, this is Thomas Mueller. This is this is the Euros, and this is your moment to shine. Mm -hmm. And he shined in in World Cups before, and beating and England man, before. Uh, <laughs> and he scored on England last Euros, knocking well, I not know. knocking them out, but in the last World Cup, he scored on England to eventually knock them out. So I know. and. This is I, yeah. I, I heartbreaking, uh, heart, heartbreaking for sure. And, you know, I, <laughs> I'm not I'm not a professional, but I have played soccer a long time. This is why I always tell players you should be able to shoot with both feet, because if you look at that shot by Mueller, he shoots with his right foot and it spins inward with the middle of his foot and it mm. spins and it curves out just barely by the post. But if he had yeah. gathered himself and quickly hit it with his left, he would have scored if he could. If, but a lot of players are always so scared to, you know, gain that confidence to be able to kick with both feet. I mean, I could be out of line, Caleb. You can correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, but I'm always in, an avid for making sure you can score with both feet. And sometimes, I mean, in a case like this, when you curve the ball, and yes, he could have scored that way. It was by inches, you know, six inches the other way, he probably would have scored. So for me, you know, don't be afraid to use your left foot is all I'm trying to say. Right foot dominant people are always so scared to do it. But <laughs> it pays off. I mean, I've played a long time, and every time I play and I use both feet, it pays off for me, that's for sure. Caleb, what is your thoughts on this game, uh, England versus Germany? Go for it. Yeah, well, for me, real quick, that Mueller miss is definitely the moment I'm going to remember the most of that mm -hmm. of that game because yes. that would have turned that would have been a one-one game at the 80th mm -hmm. minute, 80, 81st minute, I believe. And at that point, I'm looking at extra time. Honestly, I don't, that's very what I different was, game. Oh yeah, and I thought when he when he hit the ball, I was like, go. I actually like kind of yeah. jumped out of my seat, <laughs> and then I was just like, again, my jaw just dropped. I was like, can't believe you missed that. Yeah. It was uh, what, a, what a moment. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like both teams were pretty even, honestly. And you know, Sterling 
played really well. I know we were talking in the chat, Tim, and I was like, Sterling's kind of been killing it. You wanted him to get subbed out. But yeah, I had a, I had a one track mind on that. I was really wanting Rashford and and Sancho to get in the game without Kane coming out. So <laughs> right. yeah, I, I I know I know exactly what your mind was at. Yeah. But yeah, good for Sterling. He deserved that goal for sure. Oh, and he did. I, I just I thought both teams played well. And honestly, like I feel like England had a big advantage being at home with that with that crowd was crazy. Like mm. like everybody was obviously behind England. I agree. And it's t- I think it's tough going in. To Wembley playing against England and beating them at their home turf, you know. But, well, yeah, I was I was pretty impressed with both teams, and I think, yeah, I think the better team did did come out on top. And just the last thing, I feel like that Mueller miss is kind of just like the kind of a good picture of the end of the German the German reign because I feel like Mueller is kind of the face of Germany these past I don't know ten mm-hmm. years, the face yep. of German football, and him just missing that that goal kind of just that's tells a great, you great point. So. Where Germany has been these past couple, like last World Cup was obviously a huge disappointment for them after being the, the champions in in fourteen and all, but yeah, and I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't even I don't even mind Germany really, but I I've looked at coming into this game is the most I've ever felt comfortable going into a big match with England because of the recent history of and how the Germans have performed in recent history, and I was just not impressed. And even against some of the other teams, you you normally think of Germany as a very sound team altogether even defensively midfield and they've been lax and they've been mentally unstable I think as far as letting uh, bigger teams take over and then obviously losing to North Macedonia losing to Spain 6-0 within the last six months you know those are tough losses not to bring them up to be like a bad thing but going being realistic and looking like all right where does Germany need to improve going forward and is this just is this this their year and I just didn't think it was their year for them but in, in, in all of that said, they still, after all of that, were a great, formidable opponent. And England had to work their butts off to be able to defeat them. Like, it was not easy. And then after that, after Mueller's miss, then England really capitalized on that spirit of, like, hey, we got this, we won. And then that's when you get, you know, Grealish making that pass to Harry Kane. They score. And then from that point, it was over. And England just took mm. over the game. And you knew it was a wrap from, from there on out. Guys, yeah, can you but, just can can you just quickly talk about um, just just Jack Grealish? I mean, at that moment in just a little bit after half, um, I, I feel like Germ- the momentum had swung from Germany to England, and you you have two subs going in on the sidelines. You have Jack Grealish on one side, and you have uh, Gnabry on the other side, and like both teams have been stagnant at that point, mm-hmm. and I I think that um, these teams were just like begging for something to change and some for something to to happen in the game. Um, and and Jack Grealish, I mean, really just uh, an incredible difference maker in this game. I think he was he was involved uh, in both goals. And, you know, Tim, I gave you a little bit of crap about Jack Grealish uh, <laughs> earlier in the week. Um, but, wow, man, uh, a, a huge difference maker in this game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you have to give credit um, to the coach for, for, uh, for putting in Grealish at, at the time he did. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, my, my take on it is... Uh, at that time in the game, uh, I was 
really wanting Sancho to come in and, and have him be the difference. And I'm, I've been wrong a lot this week, actually. I, I really wanted Sancho to come in because he hadn't played a lot. And, and Saka was coming off the field, so immediately I thought, okay, great, Sancho's coming in. And it was Graylish, which I'm not upset because I love Graylish and what he brings to the team. So I was fine with it. And then, yes, like you said, Graylish came in and, and really had those just those one-two passes with people and created magic just like that. And it really pushed them over the edge. And Gnabry was kind of invisible on his side. I didn't even yeah. know if really much was... But, I mean, at that point in the game when Graylish made those plays so quickly, it developed and Germans were playing on the back foot at that point trying to be able to right. you know, push back. But it, that's, a great, that's a great point. And, um, yeah, Jack Grealish stepped up and, and, and helped England to a victory. And it, I'll be talking about Harry Kane and John Stones. I know I was bringing that up a lot, or the, just the back line for England in general. I mean, Harry Kane looked monstrous. He looked mean today. And, and I loved seeing that. I don't know about you guys, but, I mean, that was awesome. Just for him. Every 50-50 ball, he was jumping up for a header, just looked angry and mad. Like, he wanted it more than anyone. And I, I, that's when I started to believe in the game. I was like, England, England's got this. England has this because of the way they're playing on defense. Yeah. Harry Maguire was a beast. This, mm-hmm. That's for this sure. Game for sure. And Stones as well, both of them. Yeah, Stones had the stones, baby. Woo! <laughs> you gotta love it. Yeah, the other, the other really interesting topic is that at the beginning of the game, like when we saw the lineups come out, and mm. basically England was saying, "All right, we're gonna play. I was we're gonna best. play to stop. We're gonna play to stop Germany. We're not gonna play our game and let them like you know have them adjust to us." They just came straight out the gate like, "What they play five, five in the back, five in the back." Yeah, uh, and Trippier they left out. Right, Trippier. Trippier, Kyle Walker, Stones, McGuire, and then you had Luke Shaw on the left side at left back. Right. They left out Foden. They left out Mount. They left out um, Sancho. Everyone else, like, what? what is Southgate doing? Every, like, everybody was so ready to just destroy yeah, Destroy, Southgate. yeah. Because <laughs> I, I get playing Calvin Phillips, I guess, but playing with the two back with the center defensive mid double with Declan Rice, I mean, it is what it is, but Rashford and Sancho are – you know, they're top talents in the world. I couldn't believe that. You know, I'm like, come on. I mean, you got to give these guys a chance. This is a big game. And, you know, and I still don't think Saka. Saka played all right. I just don't think he was at the level that I think the element that Rasford or Sancho could have brought to the game. I still think Saka was a mistake. I, I don't like the call on that. Two games in a row. And you're talking about proven commodities. And Sancho playing for B4B and um, Marcus Rashford playing for Manchester United and who have played in games for England before as well. I just don't get it, but, you know, I can't say anything because they won. So I, I can't argue it, can't say anything. They won the game, his tactics work, and that's it, you know? Yeah, got to give it up to him. They won, so there's not much you not can much, say. Not much you can say. So, uh, Caleb, do you want to talk a little bit about the Copa? I mean, we, we can dive right into that. I know the brackets yeah. just came out for um, just the, fi- the final knockout stage, which is, I know it's not as big as the, the Euro as far as the knockouts, but, I mean, we got some pretty good matchups. From from what I'm what I'm yeah, seeing, yeah, we, we can we can talk about it a little bit. Are Argentina and Brazil on the same side of the bracket, or are they going to play in the finals? No, no, they no, they both <laughs> they're probably going to play in the finals. Oh hell yeah! Um, they both came in first in their. There's only two groups in, in Copa America, and they both came in first, so they'll be in opposite sides. Is what side is Uruguay on? Uruguay is on Argentina's side. Argentina's side, and, okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, so that's that's pretty good, and obviously Brazil plays against Chile. And that's that's a pretty decent matchup, Argentina versus Ecuador. That's pretty good too. I mean, I, we're just looking forward to the final. How do you think is you think Brazil is able to take this all the way easy, or you think it's going to be a fight and a battle? 
Oh, I mean, if they if they match up against Argentina, I don't think that's going to be an easy game at all. Yeah. Argentina has been playing really well. I've been watching Cup America probably more than Euros, honestly. Mm. It's just a different. The funny thing is, just kind of a different style. It's um, I feel like in Cup America, there's way more of a rivalry between every team. Is like they hate each other. Like every team hates each other. It's Blood, crazy. Sweat, tears. And there's so much, there's so much chippiness. It's almost like the Euros. You go into like a, like a um. What do you call it? like a like a black tie uh, event? Like everyone's kind of buttoned up, ready to like dressed up, um, mm. in their best behavior almost. And then you go to Cup America, it's like you go into a house party and anything could go down, dude. <laughs> it's like, it's like that's how I, it's like that's bo- how I feel. It's, it's like boxing and UFC. You know, you show yeah, up to dude. The UFC is Copa. It just it gets bloody quick. Yeah, it's it's a different style for sure, but it's been a lot of fun for sure. And um, yeah, I mean. Brazil definitely it's theirs to lose for sure. They're the favorites, even though I feel like this is not their strongest team that they had in the last couple of years. But Argentina is looking pretty strong too, so we'll see. That's definitely what everyone's hoping to see in the final for sure, because that's going to be the best matchup. Yeah, I mean, obviously I, that's why I say Uruguay too. I want to see what side they were on, because obviously um, with Suarez, I would love to see. I mean, if right. if we don't get Argentina, obviously I would really hope if it was Uruguay too. So. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. Um, there's also the NBA. We got uh, the Western and Eastern Conference Finals. If you guys want to talk about that for you know a couple seconds, um, I know there's a game actually going on right now, the Bucks and the um, the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even predict. This has been the weirdest playoffs, I think, in NBA history for me since I've been watching. I just can't get a hold of this season. Um, Trey, Trey Young and and Giannis and players that are upcoming in the league, Devin Booker, I mean, stars are really shining, and injuries obviously come into play here. I think there's been some lack of um, players being able to get on the court, and that also has affected the playoffs a bit. But, um, you know, what do you guys think the finals is going to be out of the last four teams that remain? Uh, are we going to see the Suns and or the Clippers in the Western Conference? Or are we, and what are we going to see for the Eastern Conference? Caleb, go for it. Yeah, I, I still I still think it's gonna be Suns versus Bucks at the end of the day. Even though it's actually crazy, um, Trey Young didn't play today, but they're they're crushing Milwaukee at the same time. So like like you said, this has been the weirdest NBA playoffs that I can remember as well. Yeah. And I've been I mean I've been watching basketball since I was like ten years old. This has been the craziest playoffs. Like I can't remember all these injuries. The injuries is kind of like a big stain on the playoffs. I feel like this year. With um and now Trey Young going down and I guess I heard, I heard that Giannis got hurt too today in tonight's game, so oh, I don't man. know if, I don't know the like the details of it but yeah, well, I just heard something about him being helped off the court. Or I can so. I can tell you right now it's eighty seven to sixty six so I'm pretty sure that the Atlanta Hawks are up right now so I'm pretty sure that Giannis probably did get yeah. hurt. Hopefully it's not too bad because um, I mean either way I think both teams are pretty good but the Bucks I think would be a better series against the Suns. Obviously, I don't think. Does I mean, Nick? Do you like the Do you like the Clippers? I mean, I don't. I don't like the Clippers. No, no, I don't like the Clippers in this matchup. Um, I think Phoenix is definitely the better team in this matchup. Um, I mean, Booker and the Suns are just uh, overall a better team, and I think they're gonna they're gonna kind of close out this series. And um, I think they will face the the Bucks in the finals. Oh, yeah. Okay, there we go. We got Bucks. Bucks and Suns in the final, and uh, I, I I really hope for that. I I don't like the Clippers at all. I think they're a wash yeah. <laughs> a wash franchise, and they always lose. They always find a way to lose, and it looks like they're finding a way to lose again. Even though they won last night, and this you know series is three two, 
But I still think the Suns are, are going to close it out. Chris Paul has too much in him. He's got, he, I think he's got too much support at this point. I think everyone wants the Suns to win for Chris Paul. Everyone's leaning yep. towards that. So that's, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess this will wrap up the episode. Uh, I thank you guys so much for coming on. This has been a blast. Uh, hopefully, I think maybe if we can get this together again, maybe for the semis, the final, or whatever we do, this has been awesome. So thanks, Nick. Thanks, Caleb, for coming on the show. Um, I really enjoyed it. For sure. It was a blast. Man. Yeah, man. Thank you. Ain't no problem. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to Project Sports. You can find me on the Project Sports pod on Instagram and on Facebook. Just type in Project Sports and you will find me. If you guys want to come on the show, talk sports, let me know. Just DM me, message me, all those good things. Take care. Good luck. Good luck.